Hi, and welcome to the Calm Age Rebels podcast. I'm Trudy Lewis. I'm Jenny Fields. And I'm Advita Patel. So this week, I thought it'd be great to talk about some of the things that have inspired us over the last few weeks, because I know we've been chatting in our WhatsApp groups about certain things that we've watched and read and heard. And I know that summer is coming up and I know a few folks will be staying at home potentially, you know, taking a couple of weeks off. So it might be a good time to dig a bit deeper into some of the stuff that we're talking about and learning from as well. Because I know I often get asked about what's reading and if you've been following my Insta stories, you would have seen that I've got a fancy new bookshelf <laughs> behind me and my Insta. And I've been kind of putting the book of the month up there to remind myself that I need to do more reading. And at the moment, it's a book I know Jenny is going to talk about, so I'm not going to spoil that for her. But I wanted to kind of just share that and see what both of you have been doing as well and, and share with all of you who are listening to us today. So I've got loads, as is the way. Also, your bookcase is looking lovely. I must say we can Thank see you. it while we're on here. Thank it's you. Very nice. well angle, done. which is a problem. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's really bothering Trudy. The angle of the bookcase is bothering her. Well, it looks nice. So you're right. There is a book. Um, there is a book that I have been talking about a lot, and that is Rebel Ideas by Matthew Said. And I read that when I was on holiday in Cornwall, and it's fantastic. It's it, for me, it's the book everyone in business needs to read this year apart from influential internal communication, <laughs> um, because it's, it's just packed full of incredibly insightful examples and, and stuff that helps us understand more about echo chambers and information bubbles and how you can change people's minds when they um, are very fixed in their ways based on their upbringing and the importance of trust. And honestly, I could talk about it for hours. So that is, if you you know looking for a book for your reading list, and I know I've talked about it a lot, and I've had messages from people saying, I've already picked it up and I'm reading it and I'm loving it. So so that's really good. The other thing that I've more recently listened to was the Inspiring Change podcast, which is uh, run by my very good friend Scott McInnes. We've been on his podcast, the three of us have had a nice yeah. chat. With him. And Scott's one of my co-moderators on Clubhouse, but he was interviewing Stuart Lancaster who is rugby coach and a leadership expert. And there was just some really nice takeaways in that conversation. It's about 40 minutes. And there was some really nice stuff in there around the fact that you can't go into a leadership role if you don't understand yourself. And I think all of us in our kind of coaching space and the work that we do would absolutely support that. And I, it was just nice. It was saying he was talking about how you have to know what your strengths and weaknesses are if you want to be an authentic leader. And once you know that, it's, it's really easy. There was some nice stuff in there about psychological safety, which we've talked about a bit as well. And a really great conversation in there about the difference between being a manager and being a leader, which is also something I've been talking about over the last few weeks as well. So that that is definitely worth a listen. I listened to it while I was cleaning over the weekend. So I had my AirPods in and was pottering about the house and it kept me company. And it's a it's a good one. So there's a, a podcast and a book to go on people's lists. Love that. I like that. I like I want to listen to Scott's podcast, actually, because I like the fact that if you don't if you don't understand yourself as a leader, then how can you lead? And I yeah. think that's really important. And I, we don't really talk about that very often, I don't think. And maybe it's a future podcast episode for us. Uh, how about you, Trude? What have you been watching and listening to Heartland. apart from Heartland? <laughs> we do love Heartland. I love Heartland. People are going to be listening to this going, what is Heartland? We'll put it in the show notes, guys. Yeah. You'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> Don't watch it, you'll get hooked. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I've been I, I've been looking a lot 
around leadership stuff. So there's um, some work around transformational leadership that I've been looking at in terms of a few presentations on that. But I was also then looking at Rebecca Newton's book around authentic gravitas, which talks about people with gravitas, you know, leading the room, you know, the fact that they are, you're trusted, you're, you're respected, your words carry weight. And it's all about how leaders need to, need to almost aspire to having this authentic gravitas. And it's, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm liking it. It's a very easy, it's a relatively easy read, but it's, it just goes into some areas of leadership that I think certainly for what I'm working on at the moment, really lines up and I think it's really interesting for people to pick up on that as well mirrored with that is influenced by Robert Cialdini I think and his book on influence and about persuasion actually just links with the authentic graphic gravitas book quite well nice is the authentic gravitas book on audible or are you reading it I'm reading I don't know if it's on audible actually I could check and and we'll put it in the show notes for sure but it is a really it's a good read in terms of podcasts, I've been listening to the Diary of a CEO, but I listened to random ones, so I cannot tell you who I. <laughs> I love that. Just pick random ones. Actually, actually, no, actually, the one that I listened to, he was talking to Adam Grant. Oh, nice! Like Adam really, Grant. Nice. Yeah. I've not listened to that. I've only listened to his interview with Mary Portis, which, as we know, set the cat amongst the yeah, yeah, yeah. When I shared that last week, and we've already we've already talked about that, so I won't go into that. But oh, no. I didn't know he'd interview Adam Grant. I'll have to I'll have to have a yeah. Listen. But it's it, it was it was it's just an interesting podcast that I've, I came across and thought, well, actually, he's got quite a lot to say, and it's very oh. down to earth. Another one I need to listen to. I've actually never listened to Stephen's podcast, and even though I said, "Was it you, Jenny?" Never even heard of him in one of our episodes. Neither of us. It was neither, neither Trudy nor I. Don't just make it about me. And yet, I, when I was listening, I was listening that. back to that episode, and you were like, "I can't. I just can't believe you've never heard of him." And we were like, "I don't. I don't know who he is." And you were just absolutely baffled by the fact that we were just no, no idea. You know who no idea. Yeah, yeah. Now you listen to his podcast. Yeah. I'm not listening Read to his, his podcast. Book. You know, yeah. You really have, I know. Proper yeah. fans of Stephen. So I have been listening to quite a few podcasts actually, because boring fact, but I have to try and do ten thousand steps a day. And I know it's just a bit of an obsession, <laughs> as Jenny and Trudy know. Like I have to hit it every day. So to kind of keep me motivated and distracted, I've been listening to quite a few podcasts. And one of which is Simon Sinek. And I, I didn't even know Simon Sinek did a podcast until I think it was you, Jenny shared that he did that episode with Brené Brown obviously our best mate yeah and I listened to Brené Brown told me and then I told you and, our, oh, and yeah. then that's how yeah. it always works yeah. and then and then we get sucked into Simon's world now we're sucked into Simon's world so I listened to Brené Brown which is incredible if you listen to it I just love the kind of camaraderie between the two of them it's just a joy to listen to and then after that Michael McIntyre yeah because <laughs> I thought like the Michael yeah, McIntyre episode was really really funny I, I really enjoyed that and that is one of my favorite comedians as well and then then I just kind of got into a bit of looping to getting in listening to loads of Simon Sinek podcasts and one which I really enjoyed listening to was with a woman called Nicole Avant I think that's how you say your name and she talks about respect and what respect actually means and how we often don't have that or what we don't believe we have with each other and this is it's quite an interesting conversation with her because she doesn't you know she's very much about you can't give an eye for an eye because you just end up being you know you're both at fault here so just because somebody so Simon asked her um, a controversial question like you know what if somebody was really awful to you and said something quite racist you know racist remark for example would you would you not want to respond in hate to that 
And she's like, no, like that just makes me as bad as what they are. So why would I want to do that? You know, for me, it's about trying to understand why they're coming from that space and understanding why they feel the need to have so much hatred. And there's a story that he shares about a woman who went and spent, I think it was a, I think it was a black woman who went and spent time with white supremists in the US on a one-to-one basis to try and understand how they ended up being white, you know, into this kind of white supremacy uh, behavior. And from having that connection and respect and conversation, a number of them stepped away and Mm. said that I don't recognize myself when I watch back the documentary, Mm. I don't recognize myself. And they connected with her as a human being. And that, you know, and that's what we say, don't we? Like we often get we often get thrown into boxes like you know you're a brown woman you're a black woman you're a woman you're a gay man you're you know and we we put that above the fact that we're human you know before the fact that we're human but if you strip all that away and get to know somebody and connect yeah it makes a massive difference we, we won't get into that debate again about hybrid working <laughs> and office and all that kind of stuff but a part of it does play a big part that those connections and they say that you know it is she flew to the US to have a conversation with people face to face because wow. she knew that's where that connection was going to yeah. happen not on a not yeah. on a Zoom call, not through blogging, not through a one-way video. She went and had a conversation. How can we watch the that conversation? Is that because I know that you've listened to the podcast with her yeah, and Simon? But is that does he reference or link to that trying, documentary? I, he doesn't actually. I'm going to try and find it. So I'm going to listen. Body. Back to yeah, show noting there. I'm in cynic. Yeah, no. So, yeah, definitely, definitely worth listening. And I'll, I'll, when I, if I find the documentary he's referencing, I will link it. Uh, watch this. It'll be like some really famous documentary. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that everybody has seen like oh, 20 years ago. <laughs> You're way behind. <laughs> it's just so cool, isn't it? Somebody will be like, Advita, where have you been? Like, this is 20 years ago. Get, yeah. with, it. Get with the program. None of us know. So you're on, we're all on the same page. You're not alone. It's okay. No, no. <laughs> so that's been like part of my kind of life. And the other thing that I've listened to recently was because I watched a TED talk from this lady, from this woman. They are called Francis Fry. I think that's how you say their surname and Anne Morris and it's called um, Unleashed and honestly like I watched her TED talk which is around she she, uh, they worked I'm not going to reference them today because I'm not sure of the pronouns actually but they worked at Uber for a number of years and they talk about their experience at Uber and what happened and it's really interesting TED talk and I'll link that TED talk in our show notes Mm -hmm. but they've written this book called Unleashed and it's about leadership but it's about vulnerability it's about diversity equity inclusion and belonging it talks about women in leadership about women of color in leadership is honestly oh that sounds really good it's a really good book and it's quite short it's about four hours long I think I don't think it's not much longer than that I'm like halfway through I would never have found this book if it wasn't for that TED talk that I watched randomly and it's only just been published so it's pretty new but if you're interested in that kind of dynamics of equity diversity inclusion belonging and leadership and, and why certain people get made leaders and why certain people don't and she talks about real life case studies about uber and all them places as well definitely definitely listen and watch her ted talk and the book as well and i'm listening to an audible audible as well so yeah they're the, they're the things that have really kind of kept me really just interested and it's been such a long time since i've had the opportunity to kind of just sit back and not even sit back but you know reflect have that reflection time because yeah. one of the things i think we do and we're all quite guilty of and this isn't this might interest you jenny so toxic productivity. So somebody yes. mentioned that to me the other day and said, do you know what I see a lot of people doing is toxic productivity? And I was like, 
Oh, and that someone, by the way, was my sister. So I'm going to give her a name. <laughs> She'll say to me, like, oh, thanks for not mentioning me on your podcast and taking that you know, idea. So it's my sister. So she said to me, there's toxic productivity. She said, you know, we, we live in this world where we feel like we have to fill every minute of our day with something. Yeah. Because if we don't, we belittle, you know, we, we belittle ourselves and think we're lazy or we're not doing stuff. And so that that area of work, that toxic productivity. That stuff is really, yeah. But there's also, yeah. I've blogged about like toxic busyness. And it is yeah. that kind of, it's a kind of the same thing where people are like, oh, no, I'm busy, no, I'm busy, no, I'm busy. And it gets kind of competitive and that's yeah. not helpful either. Interestingly, Love Island kicked off this week and it's something that I don't watch. I've watched one series because my friend was living with us at the time and she's obsessed with it. So I watched it then. And I don't watch it because I don't really like, I don't really like it in terms of the pressure and the, and the mental health side of it and people comparing themselves to bodies of people that, you know, are hard yeah. to achieve and, and kind of all those things. But I saw that Matt Haygood put something up saying, you know, watch whatever you want to watch and do the escapism and just enjoy it. It doesn't matter. Like, it's absolutely fine. And I, and I, and I do think that's quite interesting in terms of, you know, his stance on mental health and well-being and, and Love Island and, and the two of those things together. But I do think there is this, you know, people that are watching Love Island have said, like, I just want to sit and do nothing and not think. And I, I totally get that. Heartland is my place for that. It's because the same. It's about horses and ranches and it's lovely. Same thing, yeah. Than, you know, relationships and people dumping each other and all that stuff. Like, it's just not my space. But I do think you have to have that. You have to have that time of not doing anything. And that has to be whatever is right for you, whether that is watching Love Island, Heartland. Chesapeake Shores is another one. <gasps> Rachel Miller has discovered that after listening to our podcast as well. So she's Lovely. enjoying it. So there's lots out there. You've got to find your escapism where you yeah. can, but the toxic productivity and competitive busyness is, is you know, lethal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, it really is. And that's what's really got me to step back and think, do you know what? I'm going to make some time to do the things I want to do. So when I'm stepping, I listen to an audiobook or I just... The other day, I just sat in our, in our Sky Lodge and just looked out in the garden. I didn't have anything yeah. with me, like nothing. And that's such a surreal thing, right? When oh, you... but that's so important. I oh, will walk really with is. nothing because your yeah. brain needs that quiet to yeah. kind of yeah. work through stuff. And when I was walking this week, I was like, I just, I just want to just walk and just be yeah. and let my brain work through stuff because we don't do it very often. We're so hit by stuff yeah. all the time. It's yeah. but connection with nature, isn't it? So as yeah. you're walking and I, I do this whenever I go for a walk, it's that connection with for me it's green and the leaves and the trees and, yeah. and everything. And it just clears your head and, and that's why it's you know it's it's such an important thing to do in terms of walking yeah. dawn to, to 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 just calm you back down yeah. um, and get you back in touch with things. God, we could talk about this all day. I and we probably will do. say this after every, every news item. Every, every news week. item. We, go, we could talk I, about this for hours. I don't know who we were kidding when we thought we could keep these to like 10 minute sections. <laughs> <before>. <laughs> Impossible, really. <laughs> kidding ourselves. Anyway, it was a great chat. Hope some of those resources and links are useful. We'll share them in our show notes. And if you enjoyed anything that we shared, please do let us know if you're listening to something or reading something that you think that we should know about or, you know, our listeners should know about them. Please do let us know as well because we'll share that on our social hope you enjoy our next episode which is about purpose it's a great it is a really good conversation this one and we we took a I personally took a lot away from this as well so again let us know what you think leave us a review send us some feedback also we're planning season four so if you've got any any ideas for season four that you'd like us to discuss and talk about then please do let us know If you want to find out more about how you can work with us, you can visit our website, which is calmedgedrebels.com. Here you can find out more about each of us individually, and it will also give you links to our own websites, which are colinear.co for Trudy, 
commsrebel.com for Advita and redefining comms for me, Jenny. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Carmage Rebels, and you can also follow us individually on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So if you do want to work with us around communications consulting, coaching, or workshops, please do get in touch. So today we're going to focus on purpose and purpose is really a huge topic, something that some people don't want to touch on. It's very difficult for people to embrace simply because it's a little beyond us sometimes. But um, to break it down for this podcast, I thought it would be really good if we could focus on purpose from a business and organizational perspective, everyone. And then we'll touch on how this plays into personal development as individuals, because there are two sides to purpose. And I think sometimes by breaking it down, it helps us to get around the subject a little bit more. So to set this up for business and organizations, it's always it always links to the central thing the company is all about, you know, what that company wants to achieve, what they believe in and what's important to them. And leadership need to add meaning to that by creating this whole central vision around what the organization is all about, you know, like sharing that thing about the why, why are we here? What are we doing? What are we here to achieve? Also for leaders in the organization, they we're in a very crucial time. We're in a critical time at the moment where we have to be clear on our social purpose or our purpose, because if we're not, then how are we going to engage our people? It's already been said, you know, it's well documented that employees do not trust people who, who, don't, who, who they don't see have a real purpose, have a real stand. You know, what do I stand for? What do I believe in? And even though some people look at that and say, oh, that's a bit too touchy feely. That's where people are at the moment. People are thinking, do you know what? If I'm working for somebody that I don't, I don't trust and I don't think they stand for anything, then I don't want to work here. It's a detriment to the leader who says, I don't need to focus on purpose. I don't need to focus on social purpose. I don't need to let anybody know what my purpose is. Do it at your own peril because at the end of the day, it really is an important factor for most people, for for clients and for employees. So I just thought we'd delve into this a little bit and have a little discussion and see where we go today. So what do you guys think about it all? I love the conversation about purpose because probably in the last three, four months, my my thinking around it has really started to evolve. And I have a, a, a bit of a theory, which I know we've talked about off podcast before, about the fact that the impact of forgetting or losing your purpose or taking the focus away from purpose is not felt by the existing leadership team because the impact of that change in focus can take a long time to be realised. So therefore, if my tenure as a leader is, say, five years, and if I take us off purpose and start focusing on financials, for example, then the impact of that in terms of the culture and how that changes and what that does to an organization's kind of ecosystem isn't felt for say 10 years, Mm -hmm. then why should I care as a leader if I'm only here for five years? And that's a kind of hypothesis that I want to to explore. And I know Trudy, we've talked about how we could maybe explore that in the future. At the same time, in the conversations that I've been having on my clubhouse chat that I do every Thursday, there's been some, some conversations that have got quite deep and meaningful on there see a trend for me to take things a bit deeper meaningful (laughs) at times is whether or not purpose is something that we have just created 
to try and find meaning in work when it's something that for many is quite mundane? And is it something that we've just invented to allow us to, to try and find, you know, there's got to be more to this than just getting on a, a train or getting up and going to work. Like there must be purpose to help us find more meaning to life which is very deep and meaningful, but they're kind of my, but also I do fundamentally believe that we need to have purpose in organisations for people to have, you know, an anchor point, your values aligned, you know, that trust, integrity, all the things that go with it. So I clearly have a real mishmash of thoughts in my head about it, but that second one is one that's probably only started to come through in the last few months, whereas the, the leadership and investment in purpose and the impact of not doing that is something that's been bubbling around probably about four years now. I'm baffled if organisation... <laughs> honestly, I'm, ba- I'm baffled in general anyway. <laughs> I'm baffled. End of podcast. End of podcast. I'm baffled. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really baffled on why leaders would choose not to share their purpose, like, or why organisations wouldn't want to talk about their purpose. Because for me, the purpose is critical to understand the why and you know to your point Jenny is like why am I getting up every morning at this time and getting on the train and going to work and working you know practically my socks off for this organization you know and if you don't describe the why and you don't explain the why and you don't tell that story behind that why you're going to lose people's enthusiasm innovation support and you're literally are going to treat people like robots and resources and not actually people who are making a difference and I think that's why so many organisations now are are looking beyond financials and looking beyond profit because I think they recognise that they need to leave some sort of legacy, right? They need to make a difference in the environment that they're working in and understand what sustainability means for them and the socioeconomic side of things as well and the environment. Mainly, I, I believe it's because it's been driven by the people and the talent who want to work at certain organisations. If you think, you know, when I think back to like the people in my network and especially the the generation below that's coming up behind me the conversations and the thinking they now have before you know if I think when I was looking for work it was all it was generally about bonus and salary and job title you know because you have mortgages to pay and commitments and all that kind of stuff and I said this before nowadays it's so difficult to be on to get a mortgage for one thing right so you're not you're not tied to a location or a place. Also, if you think about the generation that's coming behind us, really, that they, they have a little bit more, I would say, they, they're the first generation who's had access to so much more than what we ever did with the with the introduction of, of internet and television and, and 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 just access points that we never, when I was, well, definitely when I was growing up, never had. Heavily reliant on the people's thoughts towards me, right? It's only when I was 17 did the internet kind of come around and stuff like that so people ask that question and talent want to know about purpose they want to know like what is it that you are doing to make a difference in this world how what's your socioeconomic strategy looking like what are you doing for the environment what are you doing around governance you know what what's your kind of status on the climate what what's your climate policy looking like you know what is your purpose in this world is when it comes to those kind of things it's interesting isn't it because as you were talking about all those things a part of me goes isn't this just a load of old nonsense I was going to say a different word but I know that that would be edited out (laughs) and not that it's a load of old nonsense but there's there's a bit of a cynic in me that sometimes feels like sure let's let's create that as a purpose why not because I think 
and I, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, organisations, some of the FTSE organisations that I've worked in and, and, and work with. And some of them are, are built on loads of mergers and acquisitions over the years, you know, smaller business building up or changing hands or being bought or whatever it might be. But the purpose is going to get convoluted and lost along the way that, you know, if we think back to years ago, years and years and years ago, you know, there'd be a man that would build some carts and you'd buy the carts from the man and 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 that you'd exchange it for some cows and you'd have a cart and everyone, you know, that was fine. And his purpose was to help you, you know, travel better and, and carry your hay. And <laughs> what a lovely, simple time that feels. And that was it, you know, whereas now the man that was making the carts has now been bought by the man that was also making the, you know, the wheels. And now they've now been bought by the person that's doing the hay. And, you know, so the purposes change and evolve because of the way organisations these days are bought and shifted and and change. Whereas if you look at newer organisations, ones that maybe have been around for less than 20 years, perhaps, they are maybe more purposeful because society has changed, technology, climate awareness, all those things have had an impact. But when it's some of the bigger organisations that have been around for like hundreds of years, there is a part of me that just goes, sure, sure, that's your purpose. Because I just don't believe them. But the challenge is, and we've seen it now, those organisations that have existed for hundreds of years are now are going, are, are closing their doors and becoming bankrupt. You know, some of the big, big kind of, you know, I'm going to take Arcadia. It's, it's Arcadia, right? The people who owned Topshop yeah. and Dorothy Perkins and Burton's and all them kind of. I mean, I would you ever have imagined that an organisation like, and, I'm, and I've known people who work there, so I'm not going to, you know, spill the secrets or anything like that. But I know that, you know, when you lose your purpose, and you lose what what impact you're going to you're trying to make in this world you're going to lose the authority that you hold in the market that you have right because people will start judging you and start commenting on well what are you here for what are you doing because your values don't stand for what I believe in and I can't really understand what your purpose is and purpose has to be driven has to be driven in my opinion by the leadership team in that organization because whether you like it or not or whether you believe it or not, you do shadow the leader. You do. You do. But do you not? But using that as an example, oh, it's quite the debate today. <laughs> Surely you have to start with purpose. And I say this in terms of the start of a company. And maybe that's where I can be a bit of a cynic of if you're looking at your purpose and you've existed for like 50 years, you know, there is always a need to kind of, you know, are we on the right track? Are we doing, you know, but, but to suddenly create a purpose 50 years on because everyone's looking at what your purpose is that's where the cynic in me comes out like are you just doing it for the sake of doing it and are you really being purpose-led and I know we've all seen the work that Simon Farrell has done in terms of purposeful and purpose-led and and I'm quite a big fan of of his work and the equation that he's done and we can share links to that in in the show notes because there is a difference to me about being purpose-led and purposeful and I think his distinction of those two things is important that there will be organizations that are being set up today or in the last 20 years that are purpose-led and there might be organisations that have existed for a very long time that are purposeful, but can't be purpose-led because they've been around for such a long time. So you're just shoehorning something in, something that was something else. And that's where I don't know from an integrity perspective, that's accurate. I wish you could see Trudy's face. Oh. She's just... <laughs> itching, itching. Anyway, go, 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 go. No, but no, it's just, I know where you're coming from with that. But I also think that earlier and older organisations, perhaps had that purpose thing in some cases very entrenched in who they were and how they operated. We didn't have the big emphasis on climate change, perhaps. We didn't have the big emphasis on on some of these social issues that companies 
and now aligning themselves too. However, there are some of them who had some very strong basis and strong kind of roots into what their purpose was. And then what they're doing today, because we are saying we have to be more articulate about what this purpose is, is reshaping that or redefining that. Now, the challenge is the company who does that because it's trendy and we're just trying to keep up with the with the Joneses, you know, we're trying to keep up with everybody else. So those people, of course, I think you're just doing it for the sake of it. But for those people who think, hang on a minute, for my survival as an organization, I have to redefine things for this, for the people that I have working for me today. So I might've been a company that's been around for a hundred years. In order to stay viable and relevant, I have to do something to get these people engaged. So I can see where some of the older companies suddenly coming up with purpose statements and whatever is important. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it kind of could look a certain way, but in some ways, is it that? Because if, if that organization could prove that actually we've been doing this all along, it's just that we weren't being as articulate about it. And I think there's that kind of, well, the companies now very much take their purpose and physically play that out in the things that they do. So they look at, well, how can I really sustainably ship things to some to, to other places? How can I sustainably create a product that people can use? But then is that purpose? As you were just talking there, I've written down, maybe it's the word purpose that I just don't know. Because <laughs> rethinking how you do things to be better isn't purpose. If you link it back to why we exist, why, why are we here? So we are here to allow people, give people the tools that they can dress well or whatever. That's why we're here. So you could choose to do that by getting your clothes from a sweatshop, or you mm-hmm. can choose to do that from getting it from a sustainable source. But that's now, how. No, that's no, how. but then the why then links back. It has to link to the how, because it's, I'm demonstrating my why through how I do things. Nice. Okay. I'm with you. But it's, so why and purpose and how are kind of the three components, the three legs it's of the stool, if Simon, you like. Simon, it's a little bit Simon sinek Yeah. But <laughs> but if you have why, purpose, and how as kind of the three legs of the stool, yeah. then you can see how they all interplay together. You do. And but I think it's the because I suppose I think what's the purpose of going to the shops? It's to buy the things on my list. Therefore, <laughs> I start with purpose. So for an organization to suddenly create a purpose after existing for 50 years just jars a little bit for me that it's like, but you have to stop. Why am I getting in the car? My purpose is to drive to my mum's. Like, I don't just get in the car and drive and then halfway down go, oh, my purpose is to go here. <laughs> I, I think that that's quite maybe where I'm, I, I, you know, and I'm making that very kind of binary linear, whatever it might be, but it is that you do have to start with purpose, but if you've existed you for a long time, maybe it's, it is the Simon Sinek of you have to start with why because that's the bit that has to come if you've already existed for a long time. But people are making decisions based on that why. People are making decisions to say, I'm not buying a product because you've got palm oil in it, which means that you didn't care, you didn't care enough to check mm. that there's an issue there. Do you, do you sort of mean? You've gone ahead and thought to yourself, oh, well, people have always bought these biscuits. You know, they're always going to buy these biscuits. Yeah. The, the point is, it does matter and it matters not just for 
your employees, it matters for your clients because people are making different types of decisions. But that's also about keeping up with what's going on, you know, and being aware of trends and industries and and everything that's happening. And I think inside organisations, it's very easy to just be focused in your organisation without stepping up and having that awareness of what's going on around you. And if, and I don't know that every organisation has a a function or people or in people that are looking at those things and doing that work to kind of horizon scan and see what's coming around the corner because that's such a fun that that today I think is such a big part of what organizations need to do that maybe then they haven't had to do so much of in the past mm. but again that accessibility of information the impact on on you know society environment everything is the awareness of that and the importance of that is so much higher than it was you know 30 years ago yeah. And if you're a company who decides, you know what, I'm not going to I'm not going to get involved in that at all. I'm not going to be visible in that space. Is is that the best thing to be doing? Is it going to help with your longevity as an organization? I don't mm. know. You know, I, I think that's why we've seen a couple of organizations come together that says, well, let's champion purpose and being purposeful. Let's gather. Let's check in with a whole lot of CEOs. There's an organization that just brings together all these CEOs who are purposeful, you know, and, and interviews them. And that in itself are things that you know I'll share that on our show notes but that's the type of thing that's happening now whereas we never had any of those things previously. No I just don't think you can be a successful organization for a long you know I don't think you have longevity if you don't have a defined purpose and that might be you know some people may disagree with me but I just don't understand if you don't have a common kind of interest in in what you're there to do how can you attract the right talent how can you make sure you link your mission vision and values together it all has to be kind of driven towards your purpose and I just don't understand how organizations can exist without having some sense of purpose right it may not be the perfect and and I also do believe that I know Jenny's I know Jenny you think you can't just 50 years later be like right we're doing our purpose because it has to start with purpose I totally agree I don't think you can do that, but I definitely believe you can change and adapt your purpose based on the society's needs and what's going yes. on in, in there. Yes, you can. I can because be in my car and change direction and go exactly. to someone else's yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. And depending, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And depending on what's going on in the world and what the needs are in the world, you know, things have changed. And some of those organizations that capitalized on the slave trade, for example, you know, if you read some of their purposes 150 years ago, they still, you know, they still exist to this day if you think about it. But they've had to; they, they can't exist on. You know, they can't have the same motto and values and the purpose that you had 150 years ago. And I know one shipping company last year had to adapt and had to amend and and take all sorts of things out of their purpose because they were based on the horrific things that happened 150, 200 years ago and profited from that. And and their purpose aligned with you know bringing people from Africa into the Western world to, to be working at, you know, to slave owners or, or just horrible situations, even in East India Company, you know, similar things like that happen. So things have, you know, if you want to succeed, anyone who move, anyone who progress, anyone who be accessible to what people need right now, you do have to adapt if you are one of those older, older companies, if you want to attract the right talent. Because you just, I don't think you can continue. And I don't, I don't even think people think about it. And that shipping company, that from last year, 2020 is when they realized, oh my goodness, our purpose is really like controversial and doesn't align with anything that we stand for anymore. And they've had to do a statement to say that this is not who we are and this is not what we stand for. And we're going to remove 
the certain words and languages and, and things oh. that define who we are. I know it was, it was quite a surprise, but I just truly is right. You know, I think if you don't pay attention to who you are and what you're about and why and the how, then you are going to lose that kind of loyalty and customer base and even folks coming to work for you. Yeah, I, and you can lose your your sort of way and what you're doing, really. I think you've got to have that anchor point. I do think you need an anchor point of what you're doing. I just, you know, think it's good to debate that if you've been around for a long time, how can you suddenly have a purpose? And I'm standing by that. I do think you can, you know, change directions. But, you know, purposeful, purpose-led is, is my friend for helping me make sense of stuff. But I think we we all need that anchor point. I mean, we talk about our businesses and our purpose and kind of what we're doing with our organisations. And I think, you know, it's easy to to get lost and, and lose your way in amongst everything else. So you've got to come back and have those 90 day plans and those those things to think about that bring you back to. But why am I why am I here? Why did I set this up? Why am I doing this? And then what do I need to do to go forward? And I think sometimes it's easy to kind of lose your way. So I do I do understand the need to kind of reset that and stuff. I just am a little bit cynical about some of it. But that's just me, isn't it? No, and I, I, I think that's right to be slightly cynical because we, uh, you know, as we progress through organisations or society, we are talking about the whole thing of how we, how, how we frame things, you know, and buzzwords and whatever. So, you know, you've got to look, you've got to pay attention to it. Mm. Well, that was very interesting. I was going to segue into some of the personal elements of it, which Jenny, you mentioned when you talked about how we then apply that to how we run, how we set up and start our businesses or our or our own companies and our own kind of careers and so on. So just as a way of rounding up on that, what would you say that you've said to people? I know you both coach like me and Sometimes that whole purpose thing, you know, why am I here thing comes up. You know, what are some of the things that you would say, or even to organizations, Jenny? <laughs> what would you what would you say to them as sort of tips? I always do both. If I'm working with a business owner or a managing director or any anyone like that, we always talk about kind of their individual purpose and then the purpose of the organization of, of what they've either set up or who they're working for. Because for me, they're really important to talk about both things, you know, what what gets you out of bed in the morning, what why, why are you doing this? And I think you've got to bring the personal and the organisation together to, to get that kind of true alignment. I think there's also something about the reality of, of what it means to deliver that purpose that I think is sometimes missing. And, you know, I'm thinking about the people that I do work with. You, you can have some really great ambitions and really, you know, really solid purposes and whys for kind of what you're doing. But then what that means you have to do to, to kind of achieve that and to stay true to that is sometimes in the too hard pile or sometimes in the, I don't really want to do, you know, and I think that's that's a conversation I will always have because I'm always talking about the, you know, how easy it can be to be in a state of chaos and and the calm and those things. So I'm always looking at some of those those root issues. And I think that's that's often a bit that comes up for me. So making sure that if you've got a really strong sense of purpose, you know why you're doing what you're doing, then make sure that you know what you need to do to deliver that so the how is is you know as important to me if not more than the purpose and the why and I think those are the conversations that I'm always having so just making sure that you're checking in on that and whether you're you're listening to this and you work for yourself or you work in an organization or wherever you might be either for yourself or for where you work just make sure that not that you haven't overstretched but it's just easy to come up with big statements isn't it it's easy to come up with our purpose is to really make a difference you know well what does that really mean 
And that's when I get the, you know, like, really, what does that mean? And that's where the cynical person in me comes out, because I've just been around probably too much of that, where I haven't seen it play out in the in the everyday, and I haven't seen it as that kind of, you know, stick of rock through an organisation. And, and that's really what it's got to be, if it's going to be true. I agree. I mean, one of the things when I'm coaching is that people get quite scared when I talk about purpose. Because I, I I do an activity with my coaches and with my clients in terms of similar to Jenny, and and I can see the fear on their face. It's like I don't think I don't think I've got a purpose on why I exist. You know, and it's it's a big question. And every, you know, I just want to say that anyone is listening, everybody, your purpose doesn't have to be. You know, yeah. everybody has a purpose. You know, do you not think you don't have one? It could be from paying your mortgage off every single month, and you know, feeding your kids and putting dinner on the table. You know, you don't need to have these wild kind of aims and goals if you don't want to and I think that's what people get really hung up on and when I talk about purpose and I you know I my question I ask for folks is you know why do you get out of bed in the morning you know what drives you what's your purpose in life and sometimes they try and overthink it to such an extent that it panics them and they shut down and they're like I don't think I have one and why do I exist oh my goodness what legacy what legacy am I leaving and I do think you're right and you know I have to agree with you Jenny I think sometimes we get so caught up in you know trying to define what our purpose is in life that we forget to live our life and we forget to kind of do what we what makes us happy and I know I'm going into all this kind of spiritual hazy (laughs) hazy world but I think we can get so bogged down with these terminologies and these kind of reference points and all that and I say to people that you know it's important that you have something that makes you happy and helps you thrive and stretches you out of your comfort zone because that's where the magic happens is what I say to folks but you, you know, if you don't know and, you, and you're struggling a bit, it's just take your time and explore. Explore the things that you want to be known for and explore the things that bring you joy and explore the things that you want to kind of leave your kind of, you know, your generation behind to kind of understand. And when I set a leader like me up with Priya, you know, our purpose was to, wasn't about the millions, it was about the one. And if we can change someone's one person's life and make them believe in themselves a little bit more then we've done our, you know, our purpose has been achieved. And that's what, you know, we, we were being very realistic with what we could achieve, because I do think there's a danger of being too too over the top with what your purpose is. And then you, you feel a bit, you know, disjointed about what you're trying to do and feel like you're not doing anything when, in fact, I, I guarantee, I 100% guarantee every single day you are making a difference to somebody somewhere. You just probably don't recognise that. So don't give yourself too much of a, a hard time on it. It's my yeah. kind of little bit of advice. Yeah, that's brilliant. I I think of it as don't overthink it and to understand that your purpose can evolve as you grow and change and that actually it doesn't need to be a big pressure for you to work it out. A little bit what you're saying, Advita, I think that's important. And when it comes to organisations, I really think that if you're ever going to look at your culture and your values, please don't do it without looking at your purpose and why you're there and what why you exist and what you're all about solid advice you can't do it without it can you otherwise you've got to link them up yeah otherwise it just it's just wallpaper again and that's never guess what that's we, never helpful we haven't actually mentioned Brene today oh <gasps> god we haven't we did mention Simon quite a lot though so I feel we like did. it's balanced out we did <laughs> right, well Brene just to kind of she's going to do it now she's she's gonna gonna do it. Do it. Brene, Brene has got a great podcast episode on purpose if people do want to check out dare to lead podcast and do do watch that purpose I, I do hope that I, I must say Brene's name about a hundred times in a week. I hope one day she kind of messages us and goes, 
I'd love to be on your podcast. She you're, you're just you're trying to manifest it in a way. So I think that's Jenny's cynical side coming out. That's cynicism, Jenny. She will. She's going to ring us and she's going to she say. She will. I will. I will believe it and make it so. Absolutely. And if anyone knows Brenna, you get in touch with us. DM us. Make big intros. Use your connections. That's our purpose. That's my purpose. My purpose is getting Brenna Brown on our Karma Troubles podcast. Okay. thank you for listening to this episode please do remember to rate us or leave us a review on apple and if you have any ideas about future episodes we'd love to hear from you thanks